Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. As always, thank you for tuning in every single week um, as we share our thoughts on mental health topics and also how to create wellness in your everyday life. So thanks again for tuning in. As always, make sure that if you haven't, that you've subscribed through Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, like us, follow us, chat with us, all of that on social media um, or on our website on Instagram. We're at Go Small Talk Counseling, that's G-E-A-U-X, and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash smalltalkcounseling, and also you can connect on our website at smalltalkcounseling.com. So make sure that if you haven't already, you check out all that we have in addition to the podcast on all of those platforms. So we are at episode 23 of the Emerald Couch, and I'm super excited for us to chat about this topic today. One, because it's come up um, often just in my conversations with friends and colleagues, but also I think it fits really, really well into an awareness week that is coming up. So today we're talking about free to be me, exploring authenticity. So in the mental health world, we're kicking off National Wellness Week. Um, And so that will be celebrated September 16th through the 22nd. And so National Wellness Week is held annually during the third week of September and basically is a way to share the message around practicing wellness um, and also just overall good health and being able to be mindful of that. So um, you all know we've talked about health in a lot of ways on this show through different episodes that we've had, but we definitely focus on wellness and this idea of how do you create holistic wellness in the various areas of your life. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that today, um, but really sort of hit on this topic of authenticity and how it fits into your overall well-being. So um, you all know I always like to give you resources. So SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, which I've mentioned on the show before through um, my own involvement with them as a clinician, but right now because of National Wellness Week, they have a campaign going on um, entitled Connecting All Aspects of Behavioral Health, and this includes emotional, environmental, financial, intellectual, occupational, physical, social, and spiritual. And so SAMHSA's goal around this wellness initiative is to raise awareness of health disparities among people with serious mental health issues. Um, And so one of the ways I think that they really would like to do this is by being able to point out some of the alarming health disparities between people with serious mental health and substance use disorders and kind of the general population. And so, of course, 
um, those folks who fall in that critical category are more likely to um, have a shortened lifespan. Um, and that's usually from preventable yet chronic medical conditions that are somehow a result of the other areas in their life not being well. So um, what we really want to do is focus on some of the things SAMHSA wants to highlight. So I am going to talk about two of those areas in particular before we jump into this idea of exploring authenticity. So one of the things that I think SAMHSA does really, really well also is helps to work towards a future for us all in which people with mental health issues, um, including substance issues, can pursue optimal health, but more so recovery. And so many people, of course, who've experienced any form of a mental health disorder, including substance use or abuse, can achieve a very full, very satisfying life post-recovery, both within their communities and their individual lives, within their families, um, especially if they're able to access effective and adequate care and create good support systems. So the wellness initiative that SAMHSA has going on right now encourages people to improve their mental and physical health by creating positive lifestyle changes overall for them. So I think if we could all adapt that model, I think we'd all live a much, much better life. But I think the bigger picture is this understanding that wellness as a whole can improve your quality of life and completely increase the years of your life expectancy based on being mindful of these behavioral health conditions that are existent with all of us or have the potential to be. So like I mentioned, we've had a discussion about curating wellness earlier in the year on the show, but I really want to focus on sort of the social and intellectual aspects of wellness, particularly because we're going to be looking through this lens of authenticity and what that looks like when it comes to thinking about our overall well-being. Um, And so just to give you guys a little bit of a reminder around what those two forms of wellness are. So intellectual wellness really focuses on sort of your creative abilities, finding ways to advance your knowledge, expand your skills, just to learn more really, and, and sort of that excitement around being able to create new awareness and new knowledge base. And then social is a little bit more of what people think about is developing sort of that sense of connection to others, but also creating a sense of belonging, whether that's within a family system, a friend group, um, or even within an organization that maybe you might belong to. So just being able to have a well-developed social support system. So what often happens is there's a lot of strain and pressure to fit in. Uh, for most people. And they often end up taking on what appears to be what is maybe a more appealing identity um, based on what society has sort of normed for us to think is more appealing. Um, And we all know that because of things like social media and uh, reality TV, we don't really have an accurate picture of what somebody's day-to-day life and challenges really look like. Everything Um, is glamorized a bit. And so what often happens is this leads to someone sort of missing out on the fullness of who they really are and they end up living in a way that doesn't reflect all of the components of their identity um, that make them them and that make them unique and um, make them likable to themselves. And so one of the things that I think people often forget is that wellness itself is not the absence of an illness or stress. You can always strive for wellness even if you are having challenges. Wellness is being able to understand 
that I'm in a place of seeking that overall holistic balance between all of my life areas and creating a sense of pride really in who I am and what I'm able to accomplish that day sometimes, even if it's day by day. Um, but obviously, you know, the goal is to also have sort of overarching wellness themes that you can always be working towards, which gives you something to not only look forward to, but also to feel that sense of accomplishment about getting closer to the person that you feel like you were meant to be. So recently, I've had several conversations with friends and colleagues about the current state of society, particularly in reference to people feeling a need to be something that they aren't, or to sort of be in like a constant rotation of identities, um, none of which are their identities, by the way, um, in order to maintain access, you know, to certain friends or certain social circles, um, maybe get a new job. Um, even to extend the life of their romantic relationships. So we've talked about relationships too recently. And so in my opinion, one of the most exhausting emotional experiences um, that is obviously in direct opposition to practicing wellness is having to pretend, having to be somebody that you're not. And so to be put in the position to have to shed or ignore who you are for the sake of someone or something else um, that's often temporary and not quite a a true reflection of even who or what they are is draining. Um, but it can also then be frustrating when you realize that you've denied maybe parts of who you are and who you'd like to be in order to maybe fit in or get that job or maintain that relationship. Um, and then you discover that that person themselves are also not who you expected them to be. And so again, what I think is probably extremely critical around this topic is knowing that at some point, what we know to be true is that there's a direct positive mental health outcome for practicing authenticity versus this sort of vacillation between identities that are not really yours and trying to fit into something that you really can never fit into because society is always going to change um, what's the appropriate, and I'm using air quotes in, in saying that, but what's the appropriate way you know, to navigate um, a road to success or being popular or, you know, getting that that relationship or that fairy tale that you would like. So I just think that it's really important to sort of know that the more um, authentic we are, actually, the better our mental health overall is. So Psychology Today, which you guys know I love, um, actually, over the course of the last two years has done several articles around being true to yourself, around the connection between authenticity and mental health. Um, but two in particular that I remember coming across, one in June of 2016 um, and one in March of this year, um, 2018. And I don't remember the title of either one, but I will find them and um, put them in the show notes and on the website in case anyone's interested in them. But they talked about sort of this idea that, you know, it's, it's highly likely that authenticity is helpful to somebody's overall health and well-being um, in a number of ways. But I think what stands out the most is if people realize that they can be in tune or appreciative of their internal happiness and their internal state, then they're more likely to choose to live healthier lives. And so we see less of those health issues that we talked about earlier popping up. They're more likely to recognize symptoms earlier um, and signs of illness, both mental illness and physical. They'll seek medical advice 
and they'll be more alert to when they might be engaging in self-destructive behaviors. And so this means they would avoid things like substance use, suicidal ideation, conflict between you know themselves and others, um, just really avoiding many of those things when they have that internalized appreciation um, of just who they are and, and also just the happy place that hopefully they would be in and wanting to maintain and sustain that. And so what we also know is authenticity is likely to foster sort of the the critical or the baseline psychological resources that give people um, just a positive perspective on challenges as they come up. And so that allows somebody, if you're always able to have, um, you know, some sense of like there's light on the other end of the tunnel or, you know, you're able to see that your grass is just as green as, as anybody else's, it makes it much easier to have that positive perspective when challenges come up and, and sort of manage your emotional and environmental state um, without sort of giving in to that or falling into that. And then again, putting yourself at risk of thinking you need to change who you are um, or just being sort of negative Nancy all the time. Um, so I think, you know, thinking about this idea of what it means to be authentic, we have to sort of be honest and, and say that authenticity actually could be considered a cornerstone of mental health. It's you know connected directly with psychological well-being like we just talked about, but it also includes things like self-esteem, positive coping skills, positive self-talk, um, and really just being connected to who you are. So authenticity itself, as psychology today defines it as being in accordance with one's core self. So basically what we would probably call self-determination or even self-actualization is sort of considered to be one of the ways in which we're able to understand our level of competence and actually being able to take care of ourselves um, or being able to even relate to other people and empathize with other people. And so one of the reasons why I think many people um, struggle with being able to be authentic is because they haven't really done the work necessary to determine what is it that they like? Who is it that they want to be? What are their goals? What are their aspirations? What are the things that they you know, have done already they want to change um, without taking into consideration what somebody else will think about it? And I think that that's what is the challenging part of that sort of experience of coming into your most authentic self and why it's challenging. So I just think being able to really understand that, um, you know, authenticity requires making sort of a a very conscious, informed decision um, about your self-knowledge. And and so you have to choose to be authentic. It doesn't sort of just happen um, the way in which I think people assume. So, you know, we all look at celebrities and we're like, they're so amazing. They're so kind. They're so giving. And it's kind kind of because they choose to be not necessarily um, just because they they are. Um, And so I think we all have to be honest with ourselves and sort of think about, am I choosing today to be my most authentic self? Am I choosing to not let the opinions of other influence how I present today? Um, And I think that that's just really, really critical. So while it takes, you know, a ton of bravery um, and especially in the beginning, an immense amount of effort to practice authenticity, it is absolutely possible. Um, The key is having a clear sense of self-knowledge and self-awareness, which often happens in our most painful times. So we learn from our toughest lessons. Um, And so, of course, this is where counseling and therapy come in. You guys knew you wouldn't get away with the episode without me mentioning that. Um, The fact is that, you know, we tend to flourish under the most challenging circumstances and enduring the pain and the confusion 
vision that often accompany those painful and challenging times um, can bring out the best and typically most authentic version of us. And so in order to foster that, you know, satisfaction with ourselves and create a great quality of life, um, but also gaining wisdom and insight and creativity and setting, you know, life goals, we have to find that place of being vulnerable to our pain, but also being authentic when it's time to learn from it. And so becoming authentic, of course, then means not um, only accepting contradiction and discomfort, but also your personal faults, your failures, the things that you tried and they didn't go the way you planned. And so what we often forget is that problematic aspects of our lives, particularly with our emotions and behaviors, aren't breaches of your true self. Um, instead, they're actually kind of the clues to discovering and uncovering who you really are and the more comprehensive version of who you are, particularly as you try to discover that sense of self and selfhood. So if you find yourself in a place of constantly seeking happiness and yet never really being fulfilled, consider or or think about what you've been doing to move closer to the trueness of the various layers of your identity. So not solely thinking of yourself in the silos of you know, how you define your gender or how um, you define your race or, you know, the color of your skin, being able to really think about what are those deeper layers around who I am? What do I like to do? Um, Who have I evolved from? Um, What is my history as far as even your family history? Those are all layers and parts of your identity um, that ultimately lead to being able to feel that sense of self-fulfillness and that closeness to being your true version of you. Um, And so, of course, while you're considering that, obviously think about, you know, finding or seeking out a partner to do that with um, in that journey. So a therapist or a counselor um, to help you to be able to process what that can look like um, so that you don't have to do it alone, but that you can also do it in an unbiased, non-judgmental atmosphere that allows you to have the vulnerability that we've been talking about today in order to create that sense of authenticity and becoming as close as possible to who you want to be today, which will look very different to who you will want to be in a year or in five years. Um, The hope is that you sort of create a sense of always evolving and growing so that it always feels like your most true self um, remains. So I just want to close with a quote, one of my favorite quotes, be yourself. No one can ever tell you you're doing it wrong, which is by James Leo Herlihy. And of course, if you are thinking about seeking support um, through a mental health professional, make sure you check out our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. If you're not in the Louisiana and the Baton Rouge area, we can connect you with someone in your area. So make sure you reach out for support and help you find um, the perfect match to get going and get to that true sense of you. So we're going to take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with our signature segments. Hey, Emerald Couch listeners, we are back um, with the second half of our show to discuss our signature segments, which actually, and I do this every once in a while, um, we've combined this week's Pop Psych Moment of the Week and Small Talk Bookshelf because 
it actually is a pop psych moment and a book. Um, so that doesn't happen often, but I'm so excited about this. I wish you guys could see me in the way that I'm like wiggling in this chair because I cannot wait to tell you about what this is. So um, most of you probably know if you are a fan of our former first lady, um, Mrs. Michelle Obama, um, that her new book, Becoming, is coming out on November 13th. So that's the release date. And I'm so excited about it because um, not often do we get, especially on a day like today where we're talking about authenticity, get to get a memoir from somebody who I don't even feel like there's um, anything that's been hidden from us and sort of seeing her life play out for the eight years that um, President Obama and her and their family were in office. And so I'm very excited to sort of even just have maybe more insight into her upbringing, her way of thinking, um, how she navigated those eight years. And then now post the presidency, what does that look like to sort of maintain that still true sense of self? So I thought it was perfect since we're talking about authenticity to really think about this, obviously use her as a, a wonderful example um, because she is. And just to be able to really think about things to add to your bookshelf because um, that's what I'm always trying to do is to learn from others um, and really model people who have the traits that you are looking for. So we're talking about authenticity today and I don't know if we could pick a better person um, to be able to learn from, especially for any of my women who are listening. Um, she's a great example of what that looks like. So she's going on a book tour, which I'm super, super excited about. Um, it is like high profile lockdown. Um, there is a lottery to enter through Ticketmaster. Um, there's only a few dates, I think maybe 10 dates. Um, and I'm not telling y'all which date I'm trying to go to because I don't want to compete with y'all for tickets. Um, so find your own date. Um, but the tour kicks off in Chicago on the release date of the book. So on November 13th. And I think there are dates that go through about like December 17th or 20th or something like that. So um, you can go to her website at becomingmichelleobama.com um, and check out those dates and, and enter to see if you can be selected to buy and purchase tickets for the book tour. But what I'm excited about is just like getting to read some of the previews that are listed and even like um, early reviews of the book. It's her memoir where she really does intentional work around like being reflective and telling us the story of who she is. And, and it's in her words and just really helping to walk us through sort of um, the the timeline of, you know, what has shaped her and the experiences that have happened. So from being, you know, Michelle from the South Side of Chicago as a child and a young woman to her years in her career before becoming the first lady, but also becoming a wife and mother um, and working. Um, and then, of course, you know, the part that I guess maybe most people are interested in is just her time spent um, in the White House and what that looked like. And so, of course, as first lady of the U.S. and um, being the first African-American to serve in that role, um, she just helped to create what we saw as one of the most diverse and inclusive um, White Houses in American history. And so while she was doing what we know was very important work, she never lost that sense of um, still being Michelle from the South Side of Chicago and welcoming um, anyone into her home 
Um, And so she also in that time was able to create and establish herself as, you know, an advocate for girls and women, um, for military families, and really just helping overall um, our world to think differently about pursuing healthier and more active lifestyles. And so I just, again, think it's so befitting talking about authenticity, talking about wellness and holistic wellness um, to utilize her as an example, because she totally did that during her time um, and served as a great example of what that really, really can look like. And so um, my hope is that you will definitely check out the book. Um, You know, I think those of us who are fans of hers know that she's witty, she's honest. Um, So I think she's really going to give us some insight into true challenges that probably happened um, and and letting us know that every day is not a good day. And so just like we talked about on the first half of the show, the challenges and the painful things are usually what brings us to our greatest moments of triumph, but also push us to the places of growth that we would never have reached if life just was sort of always good, always perfect, always feeling like everything's just sort of peaceful. And so, you know, getting to hear from her, I'm I'm super excited about as she gives us just a peek into her own disappointments, happy times, um, both the public and private moments, and just her full story of what it felt like and what it still feels like to be her, but also what we can do for those of us that are seeking paths to being more authentic, um, to really, really have that sense of what that can look like in real time so obviously it's not out yet but you can pre-order it now i think you should definitely if you are in one of the cities um, in which she's coming for the tour i obviously encourage you to go see it i am trying to go so i hope that Ticketmaster does not let me down but if not just make sure you at least purchase the book um, and more than likely after its release and i've had a chance to read it it will probably come up on the small talk bookshelf again um, once i have more insights to offer but i'm super excited about it um and so for that reason it's both a major pop psych moment but also just a note very easily to add to your small talk bookshelf so that we can all have a discussion again once it's out um of what sort of that idea that we have around her being able to probably show us a better pathway to it being our most authentic self we can have a real discussion about it later so Make sure that you purchase or pre-order Becoming by Michelle Obama beginning on November 13th. And that is both our Pop Psych Moment of the Week and our Small Talk Bookshelf of the Week. So last segment of the show is always our Ask Dr. LP segment. We didn't have any questions this week, which is okay. I know that we've had plenty probably the last, well, last week we definitely had some. I don't know if we've had plenty, but being able to make sure that we answer your questions is really, really important. So if there's something we talked about today and thinking about authenticity or in thinking about wellness and what that looks like, definitely one, refer back to our episode on curating wellness, but also make sure that you reach out, submit your questions to us through the website, www.smalltalkcounseling.com. And there's an Ask Dr. LP tab on the podcast page. So make sure that if you have your questions, you send them in and maybe we will answer it on the show show. So we have reached the end of episode 23. I hope that you all have enjoyed. Um, I'm super, super excited about next week's episode. We have a very, very special guest who will be here um, in the office with me on the Emerald Couch to talk about um, another topic that often people 
um, have a little bit of fear around discussing, I think, just because there's a lot of stigma associated, but it's obviously a major component um, when we're thinking about mental health and being able to maintain. So I'm not going to spoil it, um, but it's one of my favorite friends and colleagues um, who will be here and she has not been on the show before so I'm super excited um, to have her so just stay tuned obviously for next week's episode where we will close out the month of September Um, as always if you haven't done so make sure you like follow and subscribe but also share the podcast and and your favorite episodes with your friends with your co-workers people tell me all the time that some of y'all listen to it in the office together which I think is amazing Um, so make Make sure, though, that all of you have liked the page, have shared the page, and submit your questions, particularly if conversations are coming up in the office. I want to talk about that. Tell me what y'all are talking about at lunch um, so that we can answer those on the show because I'm sure people are wondering the same things um, in their offices or when they're at the gym or when they're riding in their car listening to this. So thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. We will be right back next week with another episode of The Emerald Couch.